Hello everyone. Happy Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> um, we are on day three of our 30 day Love You Gut Nutrition Challenge. Um, and how amazing so far. I'm so excited to see all of your goals um, yesterday, to see your little habits that you're going to implement every day on how to increase your whole foods. It's just really, really inspiring to see you all committing to it and actually making some action. Um, yeah, it's so great. And I'm really excited to see out the rest of this 30 day challenge with you all. Uh, just before we go into today, I have a couple of challenges for you in this is just for those women who haven't started yet maybe or you're new to this group or you're still catching up. Go back to day one, uh, listen to my video on goals and habits and then go to yesterday and read the post that I put up and then today uh, you can fill yourself in on what today's challenge is. Sorry. Um, okay, so we are here. Yesterday was all about whole foods, beautiful real foods, what they are, and some little ways to try and implement them into your day-to-day -day life. And I'm already seeing some pictures today of your breakfast, which look amazing. Today we're going to go the opposite end of the spectrum, and this is the maybe the harder one or the more challenging thing to create some really great habits around and that is inflammatory foods. What are they? Why are they called inflammatory foods? And how do they create some of these digestive issues that a lot of women are experiencing? So before we get into what they are, let's just, I mean like the specific ones, let's uh, define what inflammatory foods are and I'm putting it very simple but they're foods that promote inflammation within the body and um, specifically in the digestive system and in today's society they can actually be foods that uh, you may be allergic to or trigger flare-ups it doesn't have to be some of those nasty foods that you know like sugar or those things it can be peanuts it can be dairy it can be uh, lactose which is in dairy it can be you know nuts or grains or people are becoming more and more allergic to these things and if you're allergic to them and if they call um, if they cause some kind of flare-up or symptom they're considered inflammatory foods for you not for everyone, maybe just for you. So it's really important to make this specific to you and don't take every single thing um, that it's going to be for you. But everyone has different allergies. Everyone may have different flare-ups, especially if you're here and you have a compromised gut already. And I know like even reading through some of the comments, like some women can't have mangoes because they get really bad flare-ups from them and some women can't eat you know nuts and seeds because they get skin reactions so these are actually also considered inflammatory foods and i just wanted to touch on that uh, but we're not we're going to go into some of the general ones that i think every woman should uh try to reduce 
or eliminate, but that's a very harsh word. So um, there are a range of foods that have a lot of scientific evidence backed behind them that promote inflammation throughout the body without being specific to allergic reactions and especially inflammation in the gut. So um, it is really important to remove these foods from the diet to reduce that inflammation. And nine out of 10 gut symptoms or digestive issues are the result of inflammation throughout the digestive system and also inflammation throughout the body. Uh, for example, for me personally, I had psoriasis on my arms. That is a sign of inflammation. And for me, it was a sign of inflammation of my gut. Something wasn't quite right. Maybe I wasn't eating something quite right. And I had to find out that journey on my own to reduce the inflammation. And that went down on my arms once I did that. So a lot of symptoms that we experience, bloating, irregular bowels, um, you know, lack of sleep, lack of energy, uh, lack of clarity, skin issues, so many things, joint pain, um, you know, anxiety, depression, they can all be brought back to inflammation. Inflammation in the gut, which then causes inflammation in the body. So of course, one of the main things that's causing this inflammation is inflammatory foods. So this is where I really love to start. So let's go into what some of the main triggers main inflammatory foods are and what they look like so of course first on my list is refined sugar and this can also be very similar to refined carbohydrates they kind of come under the same umbrella so probably sound like a broken record you've probably heard this a lot and we're in this 30-day challenge for a reason. So let's start to take some action. It's going to be 30 days. That's it. Just 30 days. And sugar is generally, sugar and caffeine, I find, are the hardest things to reduce because you are inevitably going to get sugar cravings and maybe some of those so-called detox symptoms, which I hate the word detox, but that's how we know them. So yeah, anyway, let's go into refined sugar. So there's, you know, your natural sugars, and then there's your refined sugars. So your natural sugars, for example, a really beautiful one is honey, raw honey, or maple syrup. Um, so these are your natural sugars. And I say natural because, yes, they're still sugar, they have like a sugar as a sugar, but these kinds of natural sugars have other beautiful minerals and nutrients in them that actually help digest the sugar molecule in them. So there is nutrient value to them and they taste great. I mean, I wouldn't overload yourself on them, but they're a really, really great alternative. You can cook with them, you can add them to your tea and you know you're getting the nutrients and minerals that you need in them to be able to break down that sugar molecule. For example, magnesium. You need magnesium to be able to digest and break down sugar. So honey and um, raw honey has magnesium in it to be able to do that. So they're really cool in that way. Um, so that's natural sugars. 
So refined sugars are those concentrated sugars that have essentially been stripped of their nutrients. So there's basically no nutrient value to them, apart from the fact that they might taste good. So um, yeah, so a refined sugar, no nutrient value. A natural sugar has some really beautiful nutrient values. Um, so yeah, um, and when we're talking about gut issues, um, such as say like you have SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, or you have, um, you know, yeast overgrowth, or you have dysbiosis, maybe leaky gut, which is causing, um, you know, a little bit of imbalance in your microbiome. These, so the yeast and the overgrowth of bacteria in your digestive system actually feeds off sugar. So when you are eating something, so for example, you're eating something, you're gonna, so, okay, say, let's go back, I love going back. <laughs> um, say you're in the gym working out and you're eating protein to grow your muscles, your muscles grow because you're eating more protein. Um, that's very general, by the way, don't take that as, um, you know, what I'm saying, but I'm just giving you an example. Um, the same thing is going to happen with these overgrowth of bacteria or yeast or, um, you know, you know, your SIBO and like an increase in bacteria in your small intestine, they feed off sugar and they're eating all of this refined sugar. Um, also refined carbohydrates are doing the same thing. And so they're going to grow. And so you're going to get an abundance of this and you might see more symptoms um, being created from your SIBO. You might be more bloated, you know, the bacteria are just going to grow and grow and grow and um, because they feed off that sugar and there's no nutrient value in that. So you're, you know, you're replacing some really nutrient dense foods with um, generally like a nutrient void food, which means you're not feeding the good bacteria, you're actually feeding the bad bacteria, which causes enhanced dysbiosis, it causes enhanced SIBO. So you have this negative feedback loop, I guess. And this is why we also get really bad cravings when we stop sugar because all those little nitty gritty bacteria are like, where is it? We need it. We're growing. Um, we need the sugar to keep growing. So that's where sugar cravings come from as well because um, they're calling for it and you sometimes get adverse symptoms from that craving. So in order to dull those symptoms down, maybe you reach the sugar and it just creates that circle again. Okay, so I'm gonna stop going on about that, but refined sugar, one of the big ones. And I mean, I don't think I need to give you examples, but you know, let's put it out there. All of your store-bought treats like chocolate, lollies, cakes, biscuits, um, pretty much anything. Literally, nearly everything in a packet has sugar in it. And it doesn't necessarily have to say sugar. There are different forms of sugar that a lot of very cheeky brands get around. So I might do up a little bit of a list of some words to look out for if you're reading your nutrition labels 
that actually are a sugar but don't necessarily say sugar on the packet. So, but they generally are in nearly everything. Um, sorry. Okay, so let's move on to the next thing, which is, oh, I just saw the time, I'm sorry. Um, industrial vegetable oils, so, or seed oil. So this is essentially, um, you know, industrialized, processed, or hydrogenated oils, which is, hydrogenated is kind of just the word they use that um, describes the process nature that they use. And these oils are like your soybean oil, your corn oil, your vegetable oils, your sunflower oil, grapeseed, rapeseed, cottonseed, so many different kinds. Um, but I think the most popular that we see in nearly every packaged food is vegetable oil. Um, it's so common, like nearly everything I read in the store that is packet, it has a vegetable oil in it. And this is something that is very toxic for the body and causes inflammation very easily. Um, and because they're processed, your body finds it very hard to digest these oils because they essentially don't really know what they are. So you don't really, I mean, like there's a lot of information, which is great at saying, Fats are really good, but you have to be very, very careful about what fats you're eating and what oil you're using to cook your food or what oil is in the foods that you're buying. So just really watch out for sunflower oil um, and veg vegetable oil is a massive one. Um, the other really cheeky thing is, and that a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of the vegetable oils and sunflower oils are actually in clear plastic bottles. Um, you know, if you walk down the aisle in the supermarket, you'll see there's some, generally the olive oils are in like darker amber glass jars, but the processed oils such as vegetable oil and sunflower oil, um, canola oil, they're in like the clear plastic containers and actually these oils are really sensitive to light and so they're being exposed to light in those containers and this actually makes them go rancid and what the companies or manufacturers do is they put a um they kind of deodorize the oil so it doesn't smell rancid when you open it so it's very cheeky and you don't really know that like i didn't know that for a while and um you know, once you know that, you kind of question it as well. You don't want to be putting something rancid in your body. Um, okay, so let's move on to the third. And I've talked about this previously as well, and that is um, like the artificial flavours, artificial colours, chemicals, preservatives, all of those little numbers at the end of a nutrition label. These are, in the most simplest way, they're chemically made um, preservatives or chemically made, I don't even know if you can, anyway, they're chemically made things that are added into an, a food, generally a packeted food, that make it last longer, that enhance the colour, that maybe make it taste better. Um, 
they give maybe like a caramel flavor but they're fake and they're not real and they're very very processed so you really want to avoid eating foods that have these in them because again your body doesn't have the correct enzymes and tools to be able to break that down and the way that I think about it is if it's sitting in the cupboard and it's been sitting in the cupboard for a year, it's typically going to do the same thing in your body. I mean, a lot of it will get broken down, but there's still going to be those things in that food that your body has no idea how to absorb, digest, metabolize, because it's foreign, it's chemically made, it's man-made, um, and you don't want that in your body and it's just, it causes inflammation because your body kind of freaks out being like, what is this? What do I do with it? I need to get rid of it, but I have no avenue to get rid of it. Um, and it leads to inflammation. So, you know, when we're talking about whole foods yesterday and now we're talking about these foods, they're pretty much all man-made. So it's kind of whole food, which is real food versus chemically processed food. And you see the difference in how they react in your body. Um, the last one I kind of want to go on about is gluten. So, um, I mean, I'm seeing more and more, you know, gluten posts on Instagram and social media, and it's usually paired with dairy. But I'm going to do it, and I'm going to talk about it in this group because. We're on this 30-day challenge, and if you are in this group, you probably already have a compromised gut. You probably are experiencing some kind of digestive issue. And for that reason alone, and only for that reason, gluten can be and is considered an inflammatory food. So I'm going to say that again. Because you're in this group and you already have a compromised gut um, or you have some kind of digestive issue, you have some kind of symptom that's popped up that makes you um, think about maybe it's a gut health thing, um, gluten is and can be inflammatory for that and can be causing inflammation in your gut. Now, it can be... I mean, like gluten sensitivities and intolerances, intolerances are becoming more and more prevalent. It's obvious. And that is because gluten is becoming more and more processed. And, you know, the bread that we're eating today is not the bread that we were eating so many years ago. It's just so highly processed. And this is why we're getting more sensitivities to it. This is why we're getting more issues. Uh, this is why infl inflammatory diseases are becoming more and more prominent i mean not only because of gluten because of the other three things i've mentioned today as well but gluten does play a role in that so there are kind of one main reason is because it's really harsh on the gut and gluten there's been direct links from gluten to leaky gut which leaky gut is when the uh i guess like the band-aid or the the bonds that are holding the lining of the gut together start to break and so toxins start to be released through the body and gluten has been linked to cause that. So 
obviously when you have some issues going on with your gut, you want to prevent as much leaky gut and dysbiosis and as possible. And gluten, removing gluten from your diet is one really effective way to do that. Um, and it's the same with like refined carbohydrates because typically refined carbohydrates have gluten in them, have refined sugar in them. So that kind of comes under an umbrella. So now that I've gone into them and there is a little bit of skepticism, I guess, increasing around these foods. But let me just say that every single person is different and um, every person has different symptoms, reactions, allergies. Every person has a different body. Every person has a different brain, stomach, bacteria, um, microbiome. So everyone is, of course, going to respond differently to different foods. Um, I'm talking about these foods today because they typically are the triggers of inflammation in the body. So when we're trying to reduce inflammation and um, heal your gut, which is a very broad term, but sort out some of those symptoms that you're going through, um, of course you're going to try and reduce these inflammatory foods. Um, so over the next 30 days, this is exactly what we're going to do. Um, so the challenge today, which I'm going to do a post to explain it as well, but the challenge today is to pick one of these inflammatory foods, so sugar, refined sugar, um, gluten, preservatives, artificial colours, all of those things that come under that umbrella, or your um, industrialised oils. So pick one, um, and I want you to make a conscious effort to take that out of your diet. So what is the one maybe that's the most challenging for you? Could be hydrogenated oils, could be gluten, it could be even like the sneaky little preservatives in some of the bars or foods or snacks that you're buying. Pick one and I want you to replace it with something else. So a whole food from one of the lists that I shared with you yesterday. So this might mean you have to start making a snack or maybe you've realised that there's some processed oils in the dressing that you're putting on your salad or the tomato sauce that's going on your steak at night. I want you to switch it out and make a conscious effort to switch this out and replace it with a whole food-based alternative. Um, and if you need some help or inspiration, please just comment on this video or make a post that you need some ideas because there's over 2,000 women in this group and I'm sure one of them will have a replacement, a really great replacement for you. Um, what else? What else? What else? Okay, so I'm going to do a post to sum everything up that I've said in this video. I know I'm kind of going on now, 23 minutes. I really want to keep these short for you. Um, one last thing is... Remember our habits, remember our goals, remember why you're here. It may be hard, it may be uncomfortable, it may be, you know, a little bit more time consuming for you to make the effort to do this, but 30 days, 30 days of your life and then maybe you've created some really beautiful habits from that and it becomes automatic. So commit to it, pick one, all, all you need is one. 
um, for 30 days. Maybe you want to challenge yourself and go two or three or maybe one is enough for you right now and that's totally fine. Um, and just like to sum up, just to say as well, um, this isn't forever. Like you're here right now because you really have a goal. You may have some symptoms. You may have something going on. You may want to lose weight. Whatever it is for you, that's why you're here. Um, and it isn't forever. So personally, when I was dealing with my gut issues and my psoriasis and other little things that were going on, I... Um, reduced my dairy intake and reduced my gluten intake. That's me personally. Those two things were um, massive for me. And because I did that and because I did some other things as well, um, my gut, I can actually say that I don't have any issues with it anymore and my psoriasis is gone. Now, I know gluten and dairy were a really important part of my journey and getting rid of them was really effective. But now that my gut is totally fine again, I mean, of course I get some play-ups and things like that, but I can eat gluten and I can eat dairy now when I want and I don't get any reactions. I don't get inflammation on my arms from psoriasis. I don't get those symptoms anymore. And so that's why I'm saying this is temporary because if you put the time and you put the effort in right now to make a conscious effort to remove these from your diet, um, it'll pay off in the long run and you won't have any worries about, you know, eating these or going out for dinner and having gluten in your meal. Like it won't be an issue. Okay, so I'm going to leave that there. I'll do a summary. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, feedback, comment below. I really like to see it. I will see you tomorrow.